Yeah. That's good stuff. Greeting you with the Holy Word's peace. All right. Yes, let me look on here somewhere. Okay, if we've lost any pounds, we're supposed to see Atlanta. She's right back there. We're at 325. We need to get to 400. Y'all need to walk around the block. Do a push-up. Uh, that's our goal. Come on now. Did our homecoming queen leave? We need to announce that. Stop her. I'll add it until she gets back here. Okay? And, and Riley, please. Yeah, because we have things here. We like to see when people do things and when people accomplish things because that's what this whole church is about, is accomplishing things. You want to accomplish some things yourself. You know, it's, I can always tell when the chiefs are playing because it gets a little thin. Well, uh, that's their accomplishments. But what we need is, uh, uh, you can put your jacket on, huh? Because you represent the, winner, the, the Griffins, all right? Uh, yeah, we were, uh, Isaac back here, you know, he was a Griffin. Come on down, huh? Don't worry about what you're looking like. If you're the queen, you can do what you want to do. <laughs> Come on, on. Uh, this was this year's Winnetonka Homecoming Queen. <laughs> you want to say anything? You can if you want. Somebody get a mic. I don't know how to do it. So, uh, and Riley's, Riley's went back to the back. He was her prince that took her. And let me tell you about Riley. You know who he is. He's the biggest guy in here. Goes, All right. He lost his father, buried his father on Saturday. That's yesterday. And was at post today. Yeah. Go ahead. A young lady will go far in her life. What we want to talk about this morning is there's, there's a poison 
there's a poison, there, there are poisons. There's a scripture that says, uh, it talks about the spirits. You know, you need a discerning how to, to figure out what spirit is in your ear. You got to be careful what you hear. Because uh, sometimes, uh, try, it says, try the spirits, little ones, by the spirit, big one, and to find out what's really motivating you. And so I want to talk and use step seven today, because, you know, sometimes I use those. It says we, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. One of the things that we need to do is to be honest with ourselves, right? This is not, a t- you know, we're on, in a, a team, but it's not a team sport. Uh, I, you understand? It's kind of like track. Track, there's a team, but it's all individuals, right? And so what we, as individuals, we need to ask God to, uh, we have to humble ourselves and ask God to remove our shortcomings. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to read some, a lot of stuff here because I want us to be people. See, the Bible says, be ye perfect as your Father is in heaven. That's scripture. That ain't me. All right? And then the other version says, be holy as your Father is in heaven. So the scripture says, be ye perfect as your Father is in heaven. Now, here's one of the excuses that I don't allow in, in, in conversation with me. When people come up to me and they got a problem, they say, well, everybody, you don't know about everybody. Amen. You don't know, only, only body you know about is your body. Yes, we don't know anything about everybody. Now, everybody doesn't may ha- not have a problem. If Christ told us to live, be perfect as our Father was in heaven, he meant for us to do what? To, that is our goal. Our goal is to be perfect. Remember that? He said that. And you know I'm a co- uh, Lombardi fan. Vince Lombardi used to tell his team, we will strive for perfection. If we fall, we'll just fall on excellence. All right, that's what we're trying to be as Christians. When, when, and I've told you all that's been with me a long time, Christians can't be average. Christians can't be average. You was average before you met Christ. All right, right? You was average before you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about one of the poisons that can cause us to lose our place with God. And that one of those things is, is pride. Pride. Pride pride will have you to think as an individual that you don't have any shortcomings. You see? And, and that tears up marriages, that tears up relationships, that tears up jobs, because that pride gets in there and you think you're all right. You think you're fixed. And you can't fix yourself. It only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take our time and we're going to go through this because we're not afraid of the truth in here, all right? I'm going to tell you all something. You're in good company because we all got some shortcomings in here that we are working on. Amen, Amen to that? Uh, but that, doesn't, that means that because we're striving for perfection, some of those shortcomings are going to leave and maybe they'll leave today. And so we'll start with the first word, shortcomings, all right? Shortcomings is a fault or failure to meet a certain standard. And, and so when I, the reason I came to Christ, that there was a standard that I needed to reach that I could not reach without Christ in my life and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you all with me? Right. All right, here we go. And that standard is typically in a person's character. And, and it's in your character. Shortcoming is, we, hey, we need to check our character. Now ask me what character is. That's who you are when nobody's looking. Right. Oh, amen to that, right? Uh, you didn't like that, huh? Okay. 
I used to say it's, it's your character. I'll do it since they didn't give me an amen like I wanted. Character is who you are in the dark. That's right. Amen. All right, here we go. Shortcomings is also an imperfection or lack that detracts from the whole. Right, keep going. The quality or state of being flawed or lacking. See, so there are some, as beautiful as I think I am, as great as I think I am, there are some things lacking in me. That's why I keep doing the work. That's why I keep inviting the Holy Spirit to come in my life. That's why I keep praying for God to move my shortcomings. I'm talking about me. And, okay, and I'm the shepherd here, right? Right. Well, then you know the sheep got problems. Right. All right, let's go. <laughs> that was good. God. All right, keep going. <laughs> See, one thing about me, ask, what's that, Pastor? What's that? I love company. <laughs> all right, so we all together in here, right? Here we go. And lastly, it's a failure, defect, <laughs> or deficiency in conduct, condition, thought, or ability. And sometimes my, my thought pattern and my condition and my ability come short because I don't allow the, I grieve the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into this, okay? That's right. It's a struggle. It's a struggle when you don't have the Holy Spirit. You ever go on a diet five or six times? All right, because you're trying to do it in the human. Do you know how you beat the human? You know how you beat the natural. Say how you beat the natural. You allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life and you become supernatural. All right? And here's the thing. Pride. Sometimes pride you know all the stuff they got going on at the White House? I'm talking both sides. I ain't talking about just one person. I'm talking about, it's called pride. See, when pride gets in the midst of anything, right, then everybody, nobody's got a shortcoming. They're pointing at the other person's shortcomings. You can't get nothing done when you got pride going on. Do you know why there's sometimes a lot of divorces? Pride. Do you know why there's sometimes there's a lot of relationships falling apart? Pride. So we got to get pride is a poison. Now listen, you can, there's a certain type of pride you need for yourself, but when you become prideful, prideful, then you're the only person in the room that's right. Okay. All right, here we go. So pride, one of the first things, is a reasonable or justifiable self-respect. Yeah. Also, a delight or elation arising from some act, possession, or relationship. Mm. An unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents. So you're superior, huh? Right. I'm going to ask you how your wife thinks about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you how your husband thinks about that. You see, let's just talk marriage. Can we talk marriage? You can't have an inferior person and a superior person in a marriage. Ask me why. They're equal. You see, that's why, you know, I have a wonderful, beautiful, intelligent wife. Ask me why I say that. Because we won. I'm a wonderful, beautiful, intelligent (laughs) husband, man. (laughs) Right? So I'm putting her up there. So if we won, we both going up there together. If we, uh, when you talk about her bad, then y'all both go down there together. So you understand what I'm saying? So pride will have you thinking 
that you are the superior person in your relationship. And, and wait a minute now, and let's talk to the men. Men, y'all got good shoulders? If we were superior men when God created us, he wouldn't have gave us a help meet. And last thing I know, he knew what he was doing. Okay. So man is born incomplete with the capacity to be complete. Okay. Is that good? All right. You ain't going to be mad at me, right? I'm say, don't die if you are now. Keep going. All and right. being superior can manifest itself into lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often in contempt of others. It, you can, in contempt of others. This is what goes on in churches. When churches fall apart, the spirit of pride gets in there, and everybody's got to have their way. The worst thing that ever happened to Christians or believers is religion. Because we know here at Christ Temple North, we the only church is right. <laughs> now, how crazy does that sound? But, you know, this other group over here saying they're the only group that's right. That's called pride. I told somebody once, well, it was this week, and we were talking, I said, the thing when God comes that's going to surprise us all is, is how wrong we've been. Right. All right, here we go. We doing all right? We'll get to a scripture in a minute. You, all right. So, so we're going to go back to step seven, and we first have to humbly ask God. So we got to humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Y'all want to see how strong I really am? When I'm at my strongest point, say yes. Yes. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm strong. Walking around up here. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Strength is when I'm on my knees, when I humble myself before God and get on my knees and humbly ask him to remove my shortcomings. That's when the power comes, when I invite him to be the head of my life. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Well, you get that from when you're down on your knees. If you want to be strong, you got to get on your knees. Humble yourself and get on your knees. You understand what I'm saying? If you got a division in your home, in your marriage, in your relationship, you want to strengthen that, get on your knees. Because there's where it's at. Get on your knees and ask God. Every man, the woman, whatever you're in, you get down here and you say, Lord, this is about me. This ain't about my wife, Gwen. This is about me. I'm going to humble myself and remove my shortcomings. Do you understand what I'm saying? And humble means what? Not to be proud or haughty. You got to quit being proud and haughty. This ain't time for that. You can't have a unit when somebody's proud and somebody's haughty, right? Right. And don't be arrogant or assertive. And you can't be arrogant and assertive. I'm the man of the house. Right. Well, I'm the woman of the house. You see? You, I'm the pastor of Christ Temple North. You know what that means? You know, I'm great. Y'all know that. Well, I ask, you say yes. That means the Bible says he was great among you is your what? See, a lot of preachers need to get that. A lot of pastors need to get that. If you want to be, you want to be a peer, you got to be a servant. That's scripture. He who is great among you is your servant. You want to be great? Serve people. That's according to the scriptures. Right? If, if a household wants to make it and a relationship want to make it, y'all want to make it, be humble and serve one another. That's right. All right. All right. To be humble is also reflecting, expressing, or offered in spirit 
of difference or modest submission. Yeah, sometimes, do you all know sometimes it's hard to submit, but when you submit to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit empowers you to submit to his wisdom and his knowledge, then it's easy to humble yourself in front of your wife or your husband or your mother or your father or your friend or whatever it is. It's very easy to do that because I submit to the Holy Spirit. And if I submit to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to humble me when I need to be humbled. All right? And lastly, to humble oneself to repent. And sometimes you have to repent. That when you're at humble, you have to give repent. Sometimes you've got to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes the, I know as a man, the hardest two words for men to say sometimes is, I'm sorry. But we need to learn that. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves and say, I'm sorry. And this other one, I'm wrong. But if, and it takes humility to do that. I don't know if I'm ready for humility or not. Mm -hmm. You have to have humility in your home. And, 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 and what home am I talking about? I'm talking about in your house. I'm talking about in your temple. What does the Bible say your temple is? This here? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it means your heart. You have to, you have, to have humility in your heart. Right. Do you understand? That's why we have so many problems in this country, in this world. There's no humility in relationships. There's no humility. Right. You see? Here we go. What is humility? It is freedom from pride or arrogance. Sometimes you need to forget your title. Mm -hmm. Huh? Sometimes you need to forget your title and have some humility. Amen. You see? Sometimes you need to say, what can I do to make this marriage work? What can I do better to make this relationship work? What can I do to be a better employee? What can I do to be a better employer? What can I do to be a better friend? It's humility. See, when you have humility, it's not about you. It becomes about others. All right? Also, someone who spends their life taking care of others shows humility. Take care of others. You can't get nothing doing this. It's this. It's this. You know, sometimes somebody just needs when you go to the store and someone's just got one item and you got yours. Go ahead. Open the door for somebody. Good morning. I used to be one of these people that when uh, uh, the cashier had an attitude, I'd get an attitude. <laughs> right. Until the Holy Spirit revealed to me Maybe he or she's having a bad day. Right. Smile at him. Good morning. Do you understand? Right. Okay. Also, a deep sense of one's own unworthiness in the sight of God. When you look at God, you, you see, I am glad for one thing. Ask me what that is. What? God ain't giving me what I deserve. You know what I'm talking about? I'm glad for grace and I'm glad for mercy. Do you see what I'm saying? And so I go before God, and we'll do that scripture. We'll do that scripture within the, in the parable in a minute. Okay? okay? Submit to divine will while you're looking for that. Sometimes you have to humble yourself. You have to have humility to submit to divine will. Because sometimes, you know, I used to kind of fight with God. I mean, he didn't care, but... You know, because sometimes I want to tell God that he didn't do this right. And, you know, I've told you all that 
when, when they first told me I had cancer, I told God I could count people who ought to have it. I'm walking around, I'm walking and I'm exercising and I'm eating right, don't smoke, none of them things. And I got that. I said, Lord, Jack, Joe, Will, Bill. <laughs> They're doing, they doing all these things. And then me. But, but, but when you have humility and you submit to divine will, you know it's God's divine will. And God's divine will was for me to show people how to deal with adversity. Wow. Wow. Can you, can you imagine this? That God could pick you as an individual, huh? To show other people how to handle adversity. That's right. You see? He says, in other words, he said, don't talk it. I want you to show them how to walk it. Right. What a blessing that he thought me worthy enough to do that. But you don't get that unless you have humility. All right. I'm going to the scripture now. I have no clue who I'm at. All right, so you were wanting the parable, which is in Luke 18, verse 9 through 14 from the NIV. See, Jesus was talking about, you ever had one of these church people that got on your nerve? Mm -hmm. They tell you how much money they put in the church, how often they go to church, you know, how they pay, much tithes they pay, what kind of all the goodwill often, you know, they just talk about it. You ever have some of those folks come in here? You see, right? Well, Jesus has a parable to figure for us to see who we really are. Go ahead, please. To some <coughs> who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. See, Jesus had the same problem we got today. He had some people that done what? They were confident of their own righteousness. They was confident on who's the God's righteous? Nope, their own. Their own righteousness. It's called religion. Religion is man's way to reach God. God's way for him, for us to reach him is faith. So some people, next time, I'm just using this as a parable, say parable because it's easy. Parable. Next time that you get sick, ask the Baptist God to come and help you. Right. The Methodist God to come and help you. The Pentecostal God to come and help you. <laughs> huh? What are we? Interdenominational? The interdenominational God come and help you. People get caught up on stuff and their religion. And it's all about God and faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? Religion can make you prideful. Because it can make you think you're better than somebody else's religion. But faith won't make you prideful because faith only believes in God. Right. All right? That's right. So two men went up to the temple to pray. The two men went up to the temple and prayed. All right? One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. One a Pharisee, that'd be like a real religious bishop or a pastor or somebody with a, a degree mm -hmm. in religion. Theology. He went to pray. Right. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. What? Mm -hmm. The yeah. pastor got up and prayed and said, God, I thank you. I ain't like none of them in here. That's right. So what he's saying in this parable, mm -hmm. he's saying there are people like that. Right. They think they got it all. Right. He said God by himself. You don't want to get next to nobody. I ain't like none of y'all. Come on. He says, like those robbers or evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And then it went on about that and then pointed at somebody and said, even like that dude over there. Yep. Yeah. Come on here. Come on here. Mm -hmm. All right. We don't do that in here, right? Right. And if we are doing it, quit doing it. All right. 
Then he continues to say, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. He's telling God this. Mm -hmm. I fast, what, twice a week and I give a tenth of my salary. Right. Right. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. Now, here's the difference. The tax collector kept in humility. Mm-hmm. Didn't look up to heaven, just humility before God. Right. And he said. And he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. All right. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And you know what Jesus says? That one went home justified before God. That's right. You see, the other one had his ego to go home with. But the other one went justified before God. One of the greatest prayers you can ever pray is, Lord, have mercy on me. That's right. You understand me? See, sometimes you ask people to pray in church and they get nervous. You get up here and just say, Lord, have mercy on this conversation and sit down on this congregation. Excuse me. Are y'all getting it? We got to have humility. Calm down. Think about it. All right. And he goes on to tell us, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. All those that exalt themselves, God will humble them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will. You keep thinking you up here. God will humble you. You ever know? I'm just using this same parable. Parable. I ain't never seen so many people in this last few years on both sides. Folks is coming up with stuff in the closets. Yeah, they were flying high with their title. And then somebody came out and said, no, I remember you. You done this, you done that. Don't exalt yourself. Because God one day is going to humble you. And he don't care who knows it when he humbles you. He'll put it on CNN. He'll put it on Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay, stay here. That's right. Stay here. All right. So now let's go to Proverbs 16, well, 18 through 19 from King James. Okay. So pride goeth before destruction. Pride goes before. Say that. Pride goes before. Destruction. Watch out. When you get prideful, there's going to be a fall. All right? And a haughty spirit before a fall. And a haughty spirit, there's going to be a fall. All right? So it is better to be of a humble spirit. It's better to be of a humble spirit and lowly than to divide and spoil with God's blessings. Because he's going to take them blessings away from you. It will happen. You see? And that's what we don't want to be in here. Okay? And Proverbs 29, 23 tells us, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. A man's pride bring him low, but a humble person, God will lift him up. Yeah, he will. A humble person, God will lift him up. You want it to work? Get here. Get out of yourself. My mother used to say when the kids get the sun, don't you get to smelling yourself now. Y'all, you have to be older than from the country to know that thing. Yeah, they used to do it. Boy, don't you get to smelling yourself up in here. You see, and, and you know what would happen. You was getting ready to get humbled. Quickly. God's the same way. So watch yourself. 
Watch yourself. Stay here. Do you understand? All right. If I've told you all, and I met this, and people didn't get it, Sister Kim, that thank God for sports. Because, see, I grew up, you know, I'm 73 now, so I grew up when they, they had all those groups singing, and, and singing was cool. You know, and, 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 and all these little groups singing. If I could sing like Isaac, I'd have lost my soul. <laughs> because I'd have thought I was one of the temps. And I'd have been chasing. Well. Instead of looking up here. So football was the plan was either play football or the choir. And so football saved my life. Because some things you can't handle. And you're thankful God didn't give it to you. Because I was an unsaved young man. That wouldn't have worked for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it kept me humble because mm-hmm. I didn't sing. I remember one time I went to, the, to a basketball game, and they were doing the national anthem. And I went to watch them, and, and Isaac sung the national anthem at Winnetonka. And he'd done it his, you were there, he'd done it in his own, and all them girls were screaming <laughs> and hollering. I said, thank you, Jesus, I couldn't sing. Because some things you can't handle. You see? You understand that? Y'all laughing, but you need to hear me. Some people need to stay at GM. Some need to stay at Ford. Uh, some need to stay at you know, UPS. Because you win the lottery or get something, you might lose your soul. Pride get in there. You understand? And if the Bible doesn't teach you how to live life, what, do we, what, do we go, what, what is it good for? See, I'm saved. I need this to get me, keep me grounded. All right, we, I'm getting tired now. My voice is leaving. Where am I at? Um, we can go to Satan. We can, you know, we can go to, yeah, let's go to Satan here. All right. All right. I love this scripture. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the heavens. That's Luke 10 and 18. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightnings from the heaven. Now, Satan was Lucifer. All right. Some say he was over the choir, but he was one of the most beautiful creatures that God ever created. Lucifer was one of the most beautiful creatures that God ever created. He was in heaven. He was an archangel. We're talking Lucifer, all right? God created him, and he was right up there and had a great job, and he was a great part of the family of God. Do you all understand me? I'm going to say it again. He was a part of the family of God. He was an angel of light. His name was Lucifer. All right? He should have been excited and very humble that God chose him to be in that position, wouldn't you think? But but Jesus said, but I saw Satan, then he became Satan. I saw Satan fall like lightning from the heavens. So, So that means that Lucifer was where? In heaven, and he was right there with who? With God and the other archangels. Isn't that right? And so there's what happened to this angel, Lucifer, that caused him to fall like lightning from the heavens and become Satan. Here we go. And this can be found in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star. And, and this, is, this is saying, how have you fallen from heaven, morning star? So who was a morning star? Satan, Satan was a star. 
He was a morning star, the son of the dawn. He was special. He was in a special place. Yes, he was. Here we go. You have been cast down to the earth. But what happened? He'd been cast down to the earth. That doesn't make sense. This, man, this beautiful angel that God created was in a beautiful position, and he was like a light, like a morning star. Right. And then he got cast down. What happened? All right? You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound bad. He said in his heart, I'll send to the heavens. You were already in the heavens. All right, here we go. But then he said, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. Whoa. And then he, he said, I'm going to raise my stars above the stars of God. That's deep. You're going to be bigger than your creator. That'll get you kicked out of someplace. Right. <laughs> wow, here we go. And he says, I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. Whoa, he's going to, he's really mm -hmm. smelling himself. Mm -hmm. And guess what else he's going to say? I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. He says, I'm going to ascend to the top, and I'm going to make myself like the most high. That was what Lucifer said. Right. Y'all look at me like, whoa, that's scary, isn't it? It was a pride. He was in a beautiful place. He was in a beautiful place. He was in a wonderful place. His God created him to be beautiful, a morning star. But pride got in there. And he said, I'm going to be bigger than my God. Satan is the father of pridefulness. That's right. Satan is the father of pridefulness. Jesus Christ had humility. You know what humility is? Ask me what? Is to give your life for some no good people because you love them. That's humility. You know humility is? Is to go through what God the Father asked him to go through to bring life to a dying world. Jesus Christ done that. That's humility. Humility is to serve people who are not worth serving. And guess what God did after Jesus done that? He put him in the highest place. Sometimes you got to get low to get high. Amen? All right. I can do this real quick. My 30 minutes is about because I don't like to stay long because I know y'all worried about uh, what's getting ready to happen at the stadium. Right. Say no, Pastor. Keep taking your time. <laughs> yeah, you said, and if you don't lie, you can just say take your time. Right, Some right. of us don't say no if you don't mean it. Right. All right? All right, here we go. This won't take but a minute here, all right? If we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is when I get on my knees and I ask God to, to take away my shortcomings. In First Epistle of John, it tells me 1, 9, and 10 that if I do that, God is faithful 
to take that unrighteous that out of my spirit and, and, and to make me whole again. Do you understand? If we claim we have not sinned, listen to this, this is all of us in here. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out a liar and his word not in us. Now, do you want to make God a liar this morning? Well, then you better say you're a sinner. Do y'all know what I am? I'm a sinner saved by grace. You see what I'm saying? You better figure it out. All right, and the other version is? From the voice, if we own up to our sins, God shows that he is faithful and just by forgiving us of our sins and purifying us from the pollution of From the what? From the pollution. From what? The pollution. One more time. The pollution. Who can save you from the pollution? Only God can save you from the pollution. Own it. If you own it and repent, God will remove it. That's why this morning we're talking about God remove my shortcomings. That's right. I want to own it because I want my shortcomings moved. That's right. I do that by repenting. All right? Am I done? Um, the last thing is that we need to let his word find its way into our hearts. We need to, we need to let God's word define his way where? Into our hearts. Here? Hearts. In our hearts. And once we do that, it's easy to have humility and to humble yourself and to serve others. Say amen to that. Amen. Give God a hand clap. <laughs>